And then of course I started following you and your Instagram account and I realized like you have a super cool mission. Um, and so could you just tell everybody what this mission is? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I've been loving following your podcast. You've had some great ones. I, I love to jog, and so I always love to have a couple good podcasts queued up for my jogs uh, to make the time go faster, and I've really enjoyed listening to you, and I feel like you two, we, we just have a lot in common. Oh, that um, makes me so that, happy. Yeah, just things that I think, you know, that I want to be mindful of and you had a great one on strengthening marriages and then I loved another one on the vocation of motherhood so um yeah I think we have a lot in common and I'm, I'm so thrilled to to be here today to talk about generosity I talk a lot about generosity on my Instagram page and um, I also have a blog uh, a website where I, I post um just different thoughts and different activities that families can do to be generous together and um night ideas for being generous and as you mentioned I am very we, we do give of our finances and I think that um, financial giving can be a very powerful thing but absolutely as we've kind of been intentional about being generous in our lives we have realized that generosity extends far beyond finances and we've um, just gotten so excited about being generous in our lives and just seeing how fun it is really at the end of the day and and just how how our relationship with the lord has grown in such intimacy as we've trusted him with the things that he has given to us and we've put them back into his hand uh, that we've just we've gotten so excited about it that's like how can we not share this how can we not tell other people and and give other people ideas of how to just share it, it's such a i mean i have four children of my own and it's a common theme in parenting, right? Like right. you guys would just share the toys and everyone could play happily. And I, I wonder why we lose that as we grow into adulthood and um, learning how to do that in my own life with finances and with our home and with our possessions and our talents and our time has just been such a blessing to me. And it's also been so much fun to share it with others via Instagram and the blog. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so I think maybe is it like under your profile on Instagram that you're on a mission to give away 10% of your dollars and days? Is that like your tagline yes. thing? Oh, I just, I absolutely love that. Can you tell me a little bit about how this started? Like, how did your mission to do that start? Because I know we hear about like a tithe and we hear about the 10%, but it's also kind of like, okay. Is, does anyone really do that? And I know people really do it, but I'm like, huh, yeah. you know, sometimes people are just so, they feel like almost unable to do it. So just tell me yeah. how everything started. Yeah, that's a great question. So it went back to when my husband and I were first married and we were, uh, we're both teachers. Okay. And at the time he was teaching and he was making $28,000 a year. Ooh, and I big was salary, teaching, right? I was, still doing, <laughs> I was still doing my student teaching at the time. So I was a full-time student and, you know, we were, we were first married and we were at church and our pastor um, made... He, what the whole sermon was about but at some point in the sermon he he made this comment that you can't outgive god that's it's true. just impossible to outgive god <laughs> if he owns it all if he is is a, the good father that he says he is there's no possible way to outgive him i and love that challenged 
Isn't that great? That is amazing. Yeah, I'm writing that down. He just said, you know, what what are you trusting the Lord with? Um, and so he, he talked about the 10% and, um, you know, I went through the, the biblical history of the tithe. Um, and so we kind of looked at each other and we were like, do you, think, do you think it's even possible? Like, could we actually do this? So we went home and we crunched the numbers of, you know, our car payment and our house payment and our student loan payment. Um, and there was not 10% left. Uh, <laughs> there just wasn't. And so we're like, okay, but we were so intrigued that we thought the only way that this is going to work is if we do it at the front end. The only way that we can give 10% to the Lord, um, you know, love God, love your neighbor, um, and, and share this percentage of our income. The only way will be if we, if we give it at the front end and trust God for the back end. Oh, wow. And we thought, well, we're going to try this. We're, we're going to try this. We're going to, we're going to put in the Lord's hands. If he is the trustworthy, faithful God that he says he is, you know, we, we can trust him with this sacrifice. And it was a sacrifice. It truly was. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. And um, we made that payment first and then we paid the rest of our bills. And there was not only enough at the end of the month, but more than enough. And I just remember saying to Jason, this is impossible. And we have for the past uh, 15 years, we have always made 10% our first payment. Um, and we've, we give to different organizations and different charities that we've fallen in love with and we give to our church, but we always make sure that the first 10% is put at the Lord's feet. And we have never come up short. We've had years where I've worked part-time. We've had years where we had three kids in daycare and the cost was enormous. Yes. <laughs> um, somehow the Lord has just always been faithful and we've, we've never come up short financially. So, uh, you know, probably three, four, five years into this, we started getting curious about what other resources we have. I mean, money is a resource, right. but when the Lord first gave that command to the Israelites, they were not giving money. They were giving their flocks, the mm -hmm. first and best of their flock. They were giving oil. They were giving wine. They were bringing those sacrifices to the temple. Um, we even see it with Mary and Joseph, where they gave the, the pigeons or the doves. And that right. was the poverty sacrifice, right? Yeah. And we're just like, okay, so it's not just money. Well, what else do we have? So we kind of just started brainstorming, and it had become... It was never, there was always a, a bit of anxiety with putting the money into the Lord's lap, but it had become fun for us too, because it was like, how is he going to show up this month? So then we started thinking about other things we had. And, you know, we talked about the food in our pantry. We talked about our vehicles, our home, we have all these resources. And the thing that we came up with that, that would have been the next hardest thing to give away was time. Right. And right. we thought as young parents we had these little kids I mean we weren't sleeping we <laughs> you know, we weren't eating hot food it was just like our time was just constantly being sucked away from us and it felt like there wasn't enough and it was just interesting because through this our pastor had also done some sermons on you know giving away the thing that you need the most like interesting if you need a friend be a friend if yeah. you need healing pray for someone else's healing if you need um, time give away your time. And so we got curious about that and we decided to set aside 36 days in our year that we would give away. 
Wow. That seemed crazy because we were bursting at the seams, (laughs) but it has been such an amazing adventure and we've never regretted it. Uh, Even when it's been hard and it's been a sacrifice, um, the Lord has just returned to us so many unexpected days and weekends. We fall off our calendar for no reason. um, And time just has opened up for us as we've given it away. So uh, those are the two things that we really focus on giving, but we also really, um, We've just become so excited about generosity that um, we give away books. I give away books on Instagram. I know. Um, Yeah, we give away, um, we we gave away a vehicle one time that uh, we, as our family grew, when we had our fourth child, we really needed another vehicle. And um, we came across someone who needed a car and we were able to give them ours. And within weeks, we had the money for a down payment on a van. So it's just so amazing to see the faithfulness of the Lord um, when we trust him and when we actually do the work that we preach to our kids of just sharing. Like there's more than enough. We we live in a world where we live in we live in the United States in the year 2021 and there is abundance here and we don't have to be scared that there's not going to be enough. And as we have started to live that way, we've just seen it's so true. Yeah. There's always enough. That is incredible. Um, okay, so I think you just mentioned, you may have answered some of the qu- the questions that I was going to ask, but I wanted to ask what the most surprising thing has been since you started this journey, but it sounds like just the way that you give, then God just returns that in huge abundance to you even, like financially and time-wise, like just what you were saying. I mean, I'm really curious though, would you say that there's been like one thing that's been super surprising to you? Or would you say that's kind of how you felt surprised by God through this whole journey? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we talk to our kids about, it's like a boomerang. It's like you throw it out there into the world. You, you give away something that matters to you. And it's, it's true. You just, you cannot outgive God. It's like, we've been testing this theory now for <laughs> 15 years and it's, it's impossible to outgive him. And it, I mean, doesn't that just make so much sense? Yes. Like he, if he is who he says he is, he, if he is our father, uh, wouldn't he honor the things that we, the, the ways that we trust him? And so I, I think, um, Maybe one of the most surprising things is, um, so getting back to the 36 days that we give away in a year, um, we, I go to a women's correctional facility and do some work with women there volunteering. Um, we go to a food shelf and we do some volunteering there as a family. And then also my husband and I do some date nights um, up there, up in Minneapolis. And then um, there's a variety of, of things that we do, but the the one thing that we've done is we've spent a week at an orphanage in the Dominican Republic, and we've gone, um, we didn't get to go last year for obvious reasons, but our plan is to go back again this year. And I think there, what we have found is, it, I I guess it's almost a little bit embarrassing that this, this is surprising to me, but they, we think that we're going there to help them. And what we find out is that they're the ones that bless us. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that teach us. They're the ones that um, fill us up. 
And I think sometimes we have that mindset of, oh, I'm going to help these people. And it's true of the homeless shelter here. It's true of the correctional facility that I go to. Every time I go and I think I'm doing this good thing for someone else, I'm I'm still surprised to this day that it's like, I think I'm the one that benefited the most at the end of the day from being with, being truly with the least of these and how powerful that is. And Jesus commanded us to do it. So I don't know why that's surprising, (laughs) but I would say in answer to your question, it seems like every time we give away, we find out that we're the ones that are blessed in the end. I think that is, oh, okay. I think that is so, so amazing. Um, to to hear you v- verbalize that. And one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, and I mean, there's an entire Bible full of my favorite verses, basically. But one of them that stands out to me is, um, you know, I've come that you would have life and have it abundantly. Like, what what is abundance? Yeah. It's just so beautiful that, that what you're saying, that, you know, you give and then God gives you an abundance of that very thing you're giving. It's almost like he's saying, just trust me. And then you do that and he's like able to pour so much more of whatever you just gave back into you, which I just think is amazing. Um, Absolutely. So cool. Okay. So hang on. There we go. All right. I'm really curious. How have you seen God work through you and others since you began this? You said it's been 15 years now of you testing this theory, which I love. I mean, because you know the answer now, but you still continue testing it. Um, But how have you seen God work through you and through others since you started? I think it's it's just been a total mindset shift for us that even when we're home here in Minnesota, we just have a whole different perspective on, there's no scarcity, there's no lack, we're in God's hands, we're taken care of. And so when we live that way, we just see other people watching us and kind of like, you can see the gears turning in their heads, right? Uh Like, we don't have to go out and tell people, oh, Jesus is the way, you need Jesus in your life like we don't we don't have to be evangelists in that way in order to just be in community with people for them to see the way that we live and go what, what how does this work right? right and then as we just share life with people we're able to be like well we don't we don't have to worry that we're not going to have enough because God is our father and so we're cool like <laughs> we we believe right and so our faith just comes out in a very i feel like organic way and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem contrived or forced and i feel like that's been such a blessing because um when i was in college i was in some different organizations where we did some evangelism and and there was nothing wrong with it it was great but um I think at the end of it, I always felt like I was irritating people or frustrating people. Um, Not always, but sometimes in in this way of living, I feel like has just brought people to the gospel so naturally. And I feel like the same thing with others who we've been able to work with, um, like when we go to the orphanage, when I go to the prison, when we go to the homeless shelter, um, it's when you're working with other people who have that same mindset of like, hey, we're here to just do good, to just do the will of the Lord. Um, We don't have to like put on a show. We don't have to like make it a forced thing. It just, it just happens. And you see then when you work with these people who have this same mindset, how easy it is for the gospel to be preached. And Mm -hmm. I just think, 
the the Lord is moving in just the everyday lives of people who are just just committed to following him. He said, love people. He said, love me. He said, trust me. And when we do that, so much good comes out of it and the rest of the world just taking notice in such a natural way. Absolutely. I think, um, so I just read a book by Emily Stimson Chapman called Letters to Myself from the End of the World. Um, She's a Catholic author, but the book was phenomenal. And one of the things that she said that stuck out to me in this book particularly, I like want to stamp it across my forehead. So every time I look in the mirror, I see it. But like if you want to have a holier church, be holy yourself. And it's kind of like if you want to bring people to the Lord, Bring yourself to him and live the way he's commanding you to. And then people are going to follow because there's something so attractive about the Lord. There's something so beautiful about being close to God. People can't help but want to be near that. Um, So anyways, I thought that was just a phenomenal little line that she wrote in the book that just made me like, I I seriously do want to just write it across my forehead. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's so good. It's just, you know, again, it it goes back to the whole, like, the trusting thing. I feel like trust builds intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? And when we have an intimacy with the Lord, that is something that the world just can't look away from. Um, You know, you just look at everything in the world right now, and then you, you see a life that's surrendered to the Lord where there's trust and intimacy with Jesus. And people people see that. People recognize that. It's the yeah. fragrance of heaven all around us. And I just truly feel like the more we can put our eyes on him and walk with him and trust him and build intimacy with him, the less we have to even try. It's like people just notice. Absolutely. That's so true. Okay. So I now kind of want to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty because I'm so inspired by this, how you actually do this. Because to be honest, it kind of sounds a little unattainable, but you're telling me it's not. So I'm really curious, like, what advice do you have for for women? Because this is usually just women listen, although sometimes men do too. You're welcome if you're a man listening to this. Enjoy. Um, But, you know, what advice do you have for women who would like to get started with increasing their family's generosity? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously, as I said, this is we're 15 years into this journey, and this did not happen overnight. Uh, We are busy, we have careers, we have a home, we have friends, we have kids, you know, and all of those things take time and energy and and a financial investment. So this is not something that that just happened. Um, We started out very small, we started out with, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna look at our finances, we're going to purpose in our hearts to give 10% away. And what we did, one of the problems I think with generosity is, you know, if you go and Google places to give, you're going to get 10,000 places in your home state, right? That are looking for, for generous people to help out financially or with their time. So distilling that down into a few places that you can really invest in can be difficult. Um, but I would say don't let that overwhelm you. <clears throat> I I would say start with your church. If you happen to go to a church, um, we give to our church. And then we have a few organizations that we really believe in. And th- that list has changed over time. But I would say if you can find four or five places that you're really interested in giving to, either financially or with your time, and you can do some investigating into those four or five places, 
look at their mission statement, if you could meet them, that's a really good first step because um, I think uh, like going to the homeless shelter that we work with or going to the orphanage that we visit in the Dominican Republic just gives you so much information about how they operate, how the money is being spent, um, what they're doing with their volunteers. And so if you um, can even, you know, after you distill it down to four or five, check out their website, check out their mission statement, and then even call or go and visit a couple of places. If you can get it down to even two or three places that you're like, okay, these are some places that we'd really be interested in investing in. Figure out what your percentage is. I, I know people who have started at 5% of their income. I know people who give 20% of their income. Mm-hmm. So you can you can start out small. Um, you can start out 5%. And I know people who have committed to increasing by 1% every year until they get to 10%. Oh, that's so cool. you start at 5 then next year you do 6 and the following year you do 7 and you kind of slowly build up to a target that you want to have. Um, and once you've got that percentage and you've got your dollar amount for the month that you're going to give away, then what we do is we just split it up amongst the organizations that we want to give to. And I would say that I would commit to an organization for six months. Um, I think that when you commit for at least six months, you can always reevaluate after the six month time and maybe it's not a great fit for you and your finances. But six months will give you enough time to decide if this is um, if this is something worth continuing with, and also will give you an opportunity to kind of get a handle on the rest of your finances and how all of that works after the the giving is done. And I would say the same thing for time. For us, um, we look at our calendar and we pick three days out of the month that we're going to give away, and we commit to a couple places and we commit to those for six months. Now, again, some of those places have changed over time. We've visited some places for six months and decided, you know, maybe our time is best spent elsewhere. But we we do commit for six months just to give that organization a fair shot and us a fair shot at is this a good fit? Right. And right. Um, then we just we really protect that money and that time. And we say nothing else is going to take from these two sacrifices that we're gonna lay down. Um, You might start with just money or just time, or maybe you have a different idea. Um, We have, as I said before, tons of resources at our disposal as Americans in the year 2021. So maybe it's a skill. Uh, My husband is a third grade teacher and he is a wizard at getting little boys to be interested in reading. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a skill that I have. He has tutored um, boys in our community in reading. So maybe for you, it's not, uh, right now maybe you have little kids, babies. It's not possible for you to get out of your house and do volunteering. Um, maybe the financial side of it would be a stretch right now, but do you have a skill? Do you have a skill that you could be generous with? Um, and I think coming up with a plan at the beginning and then sticking with it for six months is a good place to start. Oh my gosh. Okay. I absolutely love that. I just think that is so incredible to think about your skills and to think about generosity in the terms of what has God given you and what can you give away? And, um, I just, I'm just reminded so much of when you said, give away the thing you need the most. Like if you need a friend, be a friend. If you, if you need somebody to help you with cooking, cook somebody a meal. Like, I, I don't know, just an example, yeah. right? But 
just the way that this you can be the person who kind of starts this like chain reaction in your community. And I mean, think about all those little boys your husband has helped to become interested in reading. Like what sort of doors does that open for them down the road? Just because one person did something out of generosity for somebody. I, I just think that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and I would say too, it's not like, a, um, you know, he doesn't like put it in the newspaper that he's offering free tutoring to students. What he does is he, he, we've both prayed about what our resources are. Lord, what are you calling us to put back into your hands? What are you calling us to trust you with? And through prayer, he has met people, um, just neighbors, you know, like going back to the whole idea of just like an organic, natural connection with people, right? And so as he meets kids or neighbors or whatever, and then offers, hey, well, you know, if you want to come to the library with me someday, I could show you some really great books that I was interested in when I was a little boy, or I could show you some really great books that my current third grade boys are interested in. Um, it's it's not something that has to be like advertised. It's something more like if you're being intentional of thinking about it and praying about it, those opportunities are going to present themselves to you. The Lord is faithful. He, If you're telling him, Lord, I want to give and I want to share and I want to partner with you in the work that you're doing in the world, he will bring those opportunities to you. Oh, that is incredible. Okay. So um, you mentioned that you also have a blog that has ideas for how families can live generously, right? Can you tell everybody what the name of that is? Yeah, so it's just leahwasick.com. Okay. So L-E-A-H-W-A-C-E-K.com. It's just my website. Um, at the top are some pictures of our family and some things that we've done together. And then uh, if you scroll onto the bottom of the page, there's um, just articles that I've written. Um, the last one that I actually just posted yesterday was on books that are really great for teaching generosity and kindness to kids. Um, so like picture book recommendations, but I also have a blog up on ideas for date nights. So my husband and I will do a date night where we get a babysitter and we go and we do things together in service to our community or neighboring communities. And it's been so refreshing and so good for our marriage. And um, so I, I have one on that. I have one on ways to get kids involved in being generous. I have one over there on how we set up our finances, um, where we've cho chosen to give. There's a horse ranch that does some therapy for kids that we have recently become invested in. So um, kind of give some ideas just beyond like the, I guess the normal things that you would, normal places you would think of giving to, um, maybe some more creative outlets. Um, and so how we found these places, uh, what we do, how we work with these different places. And there's just, there's a lot of good information over there um, for anybody who's looking for just some ideas for things to do with your family or even um, materials to bring into your own home to help get conversations going with your kids and your your spouse about like okay well how can we be more generous and what does that look like for our family oh i'm so excited to check this out and start implementing so i was working outside the home and then when we found out we were having our fourth we were like okay four kids on different schedules and daycare and all the other things it's just, it's just crazy so we really like my husband and i looked at each other and we're like I think God's asking me to stop working and to be home. And so now I'm home, but it's like, I still want to give. I still want to 
do. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, I want to include my kids and my whole family in this. So I'm so excited. I'm going to be checking all that out and looking at the picture book recommendations as maybe possible Christmas gifts type stuff like yeah. that um, to yeah, really kind actually, of. Actually, um, I'm working on a blog here that I'll be posting closer to Christmas on um, ways that we have incorporated generosity into into gift giving. Yeah, um, there's great organizations out there that are you know people like I don't know if you've ever heard of like Trades of Hope or Noonday or some of these organizations where they're actually empowering people in their native countries to create things that then people can buy as gifts. So we've committed to buying a lot of our birthday presents for for friends and and family members and Christmas gifts from organizations like that that are actually putting dollars back into um, people's pockets that then they can use in their own communities to support the local economy right where they are. So I'll be working on that and that'll be coming out closer to the holiday season. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, that is that is awesome. Okay, so um, I just want to know, what would you say to the woman who currently feels just financially and emotionally like maxed out right now? And how could somebody who feels that way still live a generous life, even if they feel kind of depleted? Yeah, that's a great question. I think my first thought on that is, uh, I I go back to what King David said. Um, He said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. And that has always been a favorite verse of mine because I feel like we are busy and yeah. we, do, we do have a lot on our plates. But does that mean that we don't trust the Lord with what we have? Um, if, if, our, if our cup is full to overflowing, how can the Lord put anything into it? That's very so true. So my, my thought is always pour something out, right? Pour something out in order to make the space for God to give you the good gifts that he has for you. So I think that no matter where we are financially, no matter where we are, what stage of life we're in, we can be in prayer with the Lord and we can find something that is a sacrifice to put into his hands to show that we trust him. And that only builds intimacy with him as we see how he provides for us. Um, Giving a percentage versus an actual dollar amount that is, that is, um, like a firm dollar amount or like a, an amount of days instead of um, giving an amount think of it more as a percentage is helpful because then as our jobs change and as our lives change and as people get laid off or get a promotion or a bonus or whatever that percentage can remain the same um, and then the dollar amount changes with what your income is right right so um in that way, if you think of it as a percentage and you commit to a percentage, then even when you are feeling maxed or depleted, you're still giving a certain percentage, which I think anyone can do. Um, Jesus talked about the widow, right, who put her two coins into the plate, and she had given more than all of the of the rich people. Yeah. So I think we, we, if we think of it as a percentage of our income and not a certain amount, like if I'm not giving $10,000 a year, I'm not generous. No, that's not it. It's if you're making $10,000 a year, you know, what is a percentage of that that you can trust the Lord with? Um, And the same thing with just energy. Um, I I am a mom of four young kids and I totally get feeling depleted, but 
my encouragement to you is that for 15 years, I've been looking at the thing that has been most scarce for me and giving it away and finding that when I do that, the Lord is so faithful to return it to me. A good measure pressed down, overflowing into my lap. And um, he's, he's, he's never not come through. So I think that my encouragement would be take, take a look at what it is that you really need in your life and how can you sacrifice that back to the Lord? How can you put back a portion into his hands and say, I trust you with this thing that I need? And I think you'll be very surprised and just delighted to see how good he is. Absolutely, because he is so good. And I think sometimes in the middle of, you know, the late night diapering and feeding and just all the other chaos that has bombarded us over the past really 18 months now, right? Like it's just been chaotic. And to find a way to sacrificially give something back, I think is probably one of the ways that we're really going to start to come out of this time of chaos. If everybody just took little bit of time, even if everybody just took, you know, what if everybody just took one hour a day for not every day, but just like one hour a year to do something and give it back? Like that's doable, right? We ha- we all have 60 yeah. minutes because we spend them on our phones scrolling, right? Like we have right. so much more time than we think we do. And so if everybody just gave the bare minimum, how different would the world be? And I think that's just something yeah. that's crazy to think about. Exactly. And I think, you know, it also is is worthwhile to say that um, when you live generously, you're going to need some boundaries also. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to, to get into a place of giving uh, t- to a fault. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we've had to get good at as well. So I would never advocate for... I never want moms to hear this and think, oh, your plate is already full. Let's add more to it. Right. Right. Um, but what, where I think we've gotten a little confused in our society is we've got a lot of people telling us to take care of ourselves, take care of ourselves, take care of ourselves. I think that there's a lot of truth in that. There's nothing wrong with, um, and, and in fact, it's very, very healthy to make sure that we have the energy that we need to, to pour out and to love other people. But also, when we look at the example of Jesus, what did he do? He, he gave his life away, right? Right. And... Um, I think that in some ways we've turned a bit selfish in, well, I have to have this and I have to have this and I have to take this for myself. And really, in reality, what Jesus asked us to do was lay it down, like lay your life down. Trust me with it. If I am who I say I am, you're going to be okay at the end of the day. And I, I think that that there's there's definitely a balance there. There's a balance to having some boundaries. There's a balance to living a healthy lifestyle and to making wise choices. Um, but also, I, I worry sometimes that we've gotten so centered on ourselves. Um, it, it's refreshing when you actually look up away from yourself and at the world and you go, wow, this place is so big and so beautiful. And there's so many amazing people out here to meet and for me to spend my life with. Um it's, it's embarrassing almost to think about all the time that I spend, like you said, on my phone, thinking about myself, trying to self-preserve when Jesus actually told us, no, the more you give it away, the more you have. That is incredible. And I think, too, that 
just what you said about like, you never want moms to hear this and think your plate's full, let's add more. No, this is about making room for what is going to ultimately bless you with that abundant life that Jesus wants for you, that, you know, God the Father wants for you. The Holy Spirit's going to come and pour blessings onto you when you make room for it. And so, like, it, it can be really hard to figure out, you know, something has to give maybe, but maybe the thing that has to give is an hour on your phone. Maybe the thing that has to give is, you know, actually a little bit easier than you might think it is, um, which yeah. I think is just really encouraging. Yeah, like when I was talking about the full cup before, I think you've you got to almost think of it that way and that perspective of like, what can I move off? What can I give away here that's on my plate? in order to make the margin, right? In order to make the space that then the Lord can come back and fill and I can trust him for. Um, or if you think of it as a cup, right? Like if this right. cup is completely full, there's no room left for Jesus to give me the blessings that he wants to give me. So if I pour this out, if I, if I give this money back, if I give this time away, then suddenly I have space left for Jesus to come in and fill. Oh, I absolutely love thinking of it like that because I think that we've kind of twisted the idea of generosity um, to being like, you know, oh gosh, what's the word? Altruistic, right? Like uh -huh. we give just to feel good about ourselves, but that's not what you're saying. Like you're saying we give because one, the Lord commands us to give, and two, it allows us to have a more intimate relationship with him where he then pours what he wants to pour into our lives back into us, which I think is just yeah, it, so beautiful. It just builds a beautiful trust with him when we we tell we, we give to him the thing that is valuable to us, a thing that matters, and then we just watch him provide. It's it's such a beautiful intimacy and trust that builds. Oh, that is so cool. And I'm so, so inspired to start really diving into this and thinking, okay, how can we add, you know, a spirit of generosity into really our family culture. Um, we always tell my daughter, we're McCarthy's, so we, you know, we don't cheat at a game, stuff like that, right? Like, mm -hmm. we really are trying to ensure that we have a strong family culture where we are McCarthy's, this is just what McCarthy's do, right? Like, we just... Oh, I love that. And so one of the things I want McCarthy's to do is just be generous, right? So, like, how can we make the McCarthy family just live this spirit of generosity. So I'm so excited to start pulling resources from your website and everything. I just, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that we talk with our kids about is, I mean, generosity is another word for kindness, right? Mm -hmm. Like they hear in school a lot about kindness and being kind to other people. And in some ways, I think that, that the word has been used so much in culture today that I maybe it's lost a little bit of its power. But generosity is just like, Hey, I'm being generous when I with my time when I come over and help you with something. I'm being generous with my words when I give you a compliment. I'm being generous with my skills when I cook a meal for you, right? So right. being generous is just another way to, to be kind, to do the right thing, to care about other people. 
Oh, I, oh, I'm so excited. I just, I love this. And so my oldest is eight. And so we're like, you know, getting into conversations about why certain people do things differently than us and how our family unit, you know, presents itself to the world. And so I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and then a five-month-old. So I have four little ones, but you know, that's a big span of ages, but it's, it's really fun to start having those conversations because the older two get it to an extent in a way that, you know, the toddlers don't. And of course you can start training them up as toddlers, but you can't have those deep conversations where you explain how generosity is really kindness because it kind of is over their heads. Um, But yeah, Yeah, I think think some of the things over on my blog will be helpful for you, but you're like, I'm like one click ahead of you in the kids' department here because our oldest is 12. Okay. So we have 12, um, 10, 8, and 6. And so for a long time, I was in the diaper stage. I was in the we need a babysitter in order to do any of these types of things stage. And so I wrote a lot about that when I went through those stages. Yay. And now we've kind of turned a corner where our kids are able to come with us to do some of the things. And I think that um, I've had some other moms tell me it's like it's like seeing like, you know, kind of – not that you want to say that the young years are a tunnel, but it's like the light at the end of the tunnel, like, okay, like I want to instill these values in my kids now when they're little so that when we get to the other side, when we turn that corner, they're on board to come with us and do these things with us and make it a family activity. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And I'm so, okay. I'm so, so, so excited to go (laughs) to your blog now and just, I'm going to spend like the rest of the afternoon doing that. All right. So (laughs) my, my last question, I usually ask my guests what their favorite thing about Catholicism is, but you are in fact Lutheran, right? Well, I grew up Lutheran, okay. and now we go to, uh, it's just a non-denominational, uh, maybe it would fall under the Evangelical Free Church. Okay. Um, well, you know, I just wanted to say, because I think it's important that we, we do reach out across, you know, these, um, I don't, divides in, you know, the Christian faith and that we have community and dialogue and, and just that, you know, like you love Jesus too. I love Jesus and you love Jesus. And so, um, you know, knowing that we share this love for Jesus, I want to know as, you know, as Christian people, we share this love for Jesus. What is your favorite thing about Jesus? Oh, well, I'm so glad that you, you said that, that because, um, I am huge on just unity in the church. I think that like it all boils down to, we just want to know him more. Right. So, um, I love it that we can be sisters in Christ, even though we go to different churches. And, um, you sent me that question ahead of time and I've been thinking about it and it's such a hard question. There's no wrong answers. I promise. Oh, I know, but you know, the more I know Jesus, the more I, I could go on all day. Right. I mean, he just is that good. Um, better than I ever imagined him to be. And I hope that, you know, 30 years from now, I can say he's he's just even so much more better 30 years from now than I, than I knew him to be today. Um, he, he's just an ocean of goodness, and you can never get to the bottom of, of it. But if I did have to put my finger on the thing that I just cannot get over about him, I would say it is his faithfulness. Yeah. Um, he just, you know... Every morning, his mercies are new, yeah. and it, you just can't stop it, right? It's like standing on the edge of the ocean, and the waves just keep coming, and there's no way to stop. And 
every time we go to the ocean, I live in Minnesota, so it's a big deal when we get to, <laughs> to go to the ocean. But every time we're there, I just stand on the edge of the ocean and I just think about how relentless his faithfulness has been to me in my life. And in a world where people disappoint us and organizations and and government and schools and you know, all these these things disappoint us at some point or another, no matter how good they are. And and how I've disappointed others in my life and all the reasons that I've given God to stop loving me, I, none of them have worked, right? <laughs> I mean, he just is that faithful. And um, I think when I just look around at the world, I'm so sad for people that don't know him because we need that consistency, right? Like in a world that is just constantly changing and where things are just falling apart and and some things are getting better and other it's just you can't keep up with it all right right it's so reassuring to be able to stand on his faithfulness that he just he is who he says he is he does what he says he will do he is he has never never let me down and I am just constantly amazed by how good he is what a rock he is and I just don't think I'll ever get over it well, I don't think you need to get over it because that's, you know, the mystery, like everything about him, we can only comprehend so much because he's God and we aren't. But, you know, I just right. think that's, that's so incredible. And, you know, he's just, he's always giving his, his constant giving of mercy, of grace, of love. Um, it, it is something really that I think everyone can meditate on and you can meditate on it yeah. for the 60 years and never reach the bottom of what that mystery is. And so I think that's a great, Absolutely. a great, great thing to have as your favorite thing about him. Because of course, like what isn't there to like, um, other than maybe he yeah. said some hard stuff to people and lost some followers sometimes but like <laughs> the hard stuff was truth and so you know he's right. he's incredible and and he's so good and i'm just i'm so so excited that you know you are able to share this mission of generosity with everybody you meet through how you do it and that you're hopefully going to inspire a lot of people who listen to this podcast to also you know like that domino effect you know one person changing one thing can change the world so I'm just yeah. super pumped, and I wanted to say thank you so much for your time today, Leah. I really appreciate it, and this was really fun um, for me to get back into this podcast journey of mine after taking some time off, so I'm really, really grateful. I am so glad, too. This was really fun, and I just wish you all the blessings and goodness on your tribe. I, I was there not too long ago with a baby and a few older kids and I know that it's a beautiful beautiful time and also a tough time so the fact that you're doing a podcast in the midst of all this is <laughs> wow I am just cheering you on over here well thank you very much I think um thankfully my husband was working from home this morning and so he scooped up the baby <laughs> as we were chatting but I'm gonna have to let you go and go uh, let my husband get back to his job but thank you thank you thank you I so appreciate it um would you do me a favor and could you send me a picture of you or your family or something so I could use it on the episode ad that I'll post online when the episode goes live? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leah. Have a very blessed day. Oh, I'm waving to you, Thank but you, you can't see because I turned off my video. <laughs> I'm waving too. Okay, bye, Olivia. Bye. Thanks, Leah.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Heart Home Faith. I'm your host, Olivia, and I'm so grateful to Leah for sharing her wisdom and incredible generosity with us and how we can take that generosity and really incorporate that into our family's values. Thanks again so much for listening. God bless you.